Okay, so today we're finishing the last, uh, the last message in the series we've called Lift. How many of you have felt lifted up? How many of you have been here? Have you felt lifted? Yes? You felt lifted? All right, good, good. Well, you're lifting me up now, so I appreciate that. It's been a great series. Maybe you've heard the story about the guy who was a new prisoner, and he was thrown into this, um, this prison yard. And the first night he was there, they threw him into this giant, you know, uh, uh, bedding area with double bunk beds, and there are dozens and dozens and dozens of prisoners in this room. And as it got quiet his first night in the new prison, he was very, you know, on edge and overwhelmed. And when they're lying there in their bunk, it got completely quiet. And he heard someone yell out a number, 42. And they would all, ha, 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 they would all laugh. And he thought, what is that? 38. Oh, they'd all laugh. 71. Oh, they'd all laugh. And finally, he leaned over to the guy in the bunk next to him and he said, hey, what is going on? And he said, well, you see, we've been here so long, and we've told every joke there is to tell, so instead of retelling them, we just number them. And then we'll just call the number out, and, you know, we'll all laugh. We don't have to go through the thing and tell them the whole thing. Okay. So the guy, wanting to fit in, said, you know what, maybe I'll try. So he said, 13. Nothing. He said, hey, is that the number of a joke? He said, yeah. He said, why didn't anybody laugh? He said, well, some people can tell them and some people can't. <laughs> and so, with that, I want to talk this morning about the spiritual gift of encouragement. Some people have it, and some people don't. <laughs> some people have the spiritual gift of encouragement, and some people don't have the spiritual gift of encouragement. And I want to talk about what that means. What does it mean for those of you who have the gift of encouragement, and what does it mean for those of you who do not have it? Well, this is the last week in our Lift series, and we've said uh, that the New Testament defines encouragement to come alongside, to strengthen, and to anchor. To come alongside, to strengthen, and to anchor. That's what it means to encourage. So the first week we talked about how God has lifted us up. And we, the song we just sang, we've been singing this entire series about how we know God is for us. We know Jesus died for us. We know that what God has done, he has done to strengthen us and to lift us up. Last week, we talked about how to lift others up, and today we're going to finish the series today, and we're talking about what I've just called the lift gift. So God has put in every church, and usually, if you'll think about it, in every family, someone with the lift gift. There's just some optimistic, positive, encouraging, strengthening, some people sensitive to those around them, and they, they just want to see other people lifted up encouragers. Well, Romans 12, 6 through 8, shows us that God has put in the church, among Christian families, He has put inside of us those with a variety of gifts, and maybe you never thought about it this way, but encouragement is a spiritual gift. Look at Romans 12. We have different gifts. According to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is in, to encourage, then give encouragement. 
If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. If you have the gift of encouragement, it's entirely clear from Romans 12 what you're supposed to do with that gift. You're supposed to use it. You're supposed to use that gift in a way that lifts other people up. But what do you do if you don't have this lift gift? Okay, God still wants you and he wants all of us to lift people up and not tear them down, whether we have the gift or not. Now, what I did this morning is I, I, I just took a, a list of spiritual gifts because I wanted you to see how, how I think this works. There are, there are gifts in the Bible, spiritual gifts, that some people have that, that are uh, intended to be used for the strengthening of the body, but, but, but they're not a function that everybody carries. Now, on this side, I put example gifts. So, for example, some people have the gift of teaching. Is everybody supposed to teach? No. Some people have the gift of leadership or pastoring or administration. Is everybody supposed to do those? No. They have the gift, and they're the ones that are supposed to do that. Now, there are example gifts. And these are gifts that I think uh, exhibit character traits that we're all supposed to carry as Christians. It's just some of us have the gift of it and other ones don't. So are we all supposed to serve? Yes, because Christ was a servant. But some people have the gift of serving, and they are better at it than the rest of us, and they're very passionate about it. Is, are we all supposed to do evangelism? Yes. Are we all supposed to intercede? Yes. Are we all supposed to give? Yes, but some people have the gift of those things and they do it better than the rest of us, more passionately, more naturally. Are we all supposed to encourage? Yes, but I call this, look, I just made this title up. I don't know if it's legit or not, but I invented it. So uh, example gift. I think there are gifts that Christ gave the body because we all need it to be strengthened. God gave some of us the gift of encouragement because the body needs to be strengthened that way. But he also gave us those people with that gift because we can all look at them and get better at it. We can look at those of you who have the gift of encouragement and say, okay, if I'm supposed to lift other people up, I need to find somebody that has the gift and watch them. Because they do it naturally, they do it effortlessly, and they do it with great passion and great strength. So all spiritual gifts are given to strengthen the church, but those with example gifts serve as an example. Not, they don't just do their function, they serve as an example for the rest of us on how to get better. So we may serve because it's our responsibility. We may serve because as Christians we want to be like Christ and he was a servant, but those who have the spiritual gift of serving will do it with such effectiveness and such faith and such confidence and such, such a natural flow, such a passion, and we get better when we watch them. So for those of you this morning, I want you to be asking yourself today, do I have the gift of encouragement? You may have it and you may not, but I want you to, I want to see if by the time the end of the message comes, if you can answer that question for yourself. And if you do have it, then God calls you to use it. If you don't have it, then God calls you to find somebody that has it and get better at it. But encouragement, I think, is more important than most of us realize and, and, and how needed it is for us 
in the body of Christ. Hebrews 3.13 says this. It's my favorite passage in the entire Bible about encouragement. But encourage one another. So who's supposed to do it? Everybody. Encourage one another. So we're all supposed to do it. How often? Wow. (laughs) Daily. Everybody on Facebook, listen to me. Daily. What a powerful tool to be used for good or evil. We have the oper- we have access into everybody's life every day. And the Bible says that we as humans are so, so frail and so vulnerable by ourselves when left alone that we need encouragement daily in order to become everything God wants us to be. As long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. A discouraged person is at risk of becoming hard-hearted and tricked by sin. That's why it's critical. I, I, I saw this years ago, and the Lord helped me understand there is an antidote to people walking away from God. You ever, you ever seen somebody? I'll tell you that hands down, the single hardest thing I've ever dealt with as a pastor is watching somebody turn their back from, on God and walk away. It is painful, painful, painful. When I was a teenager and God called me to ministry and I said I was going to be a pastor, I only thought people were coming to God. I never thought anybody was going to go away from Him. But they do. And it's painful. But there's an antidote. There's a cure. It's called encouragement. So let's look at this lift gift and let's see what we can all learn about uh, how to be a better encourager. Now, some of you may just be finding out today that you've got that gift and that's fine. So if you have something to write with, let let me give you three things that we see people with this lift gift. We see that they do and we can all do. We all should do. But they're just going to be better at it than us. Number one, encouragers affirm what is right. Encouragers are those kind of people that believe that no good deed should go unrewarded. They, they zero in on something somebody's done good, and it just they just, they're just gravitate toward it. Acts 11.22, we read this verse last week. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Now, if you followed the series, you remember Barnabas is the person in Scripture that's probably the best example of an encourager. His nickname was Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. So, They've thrown the son of encouragement in the middle of the situation. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, so the grace of God was at work in this city called Antioch, and they sent Barnabas, the son of encouragement, to go over and to see what was going on and to encourage it. He was glad when he saw what God's grace had done and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. You know, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is see somebody doing something right and say, hey, way to go. Man, that's awesome. That's incredible. What a good thing you've done. You know, none of us are born being competent spiritually. Not one of us comes straight from childhood and, 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 re- and realize 
the full extent of what spirituality is or grow in confidence. That's the thing I find that's universal among humans, a feeling of inadequacy when it comes to spiritual things. How is that feeling of inadequacy supposed to be overcome? Most of us just kind of spend our lives blindly bumping around in the spiritual, spiritual things, hoping that we get some of it right, but never knowing for sure. It's not like you can go get your certification in God. You can't go get your license in God. How do you get certified? How do you, get, how do you know you're headed the right way? That's what encouragement is for. That's what God gave the spiritual gift of encouragement to the body for. Somebody that can put their hand on your shoulder and say, that was good. That was the right thing. Yes. You're going the right way. And and it happens best with someone who knows the way and encourages you when you're going the right way. That's where that sense of confidence about spirituality comes from. Have you ever, have you ever uh, seen, you know, this time of year we see it some, have you ever paid attention to geese? We have a lot of geese in our area. When they fly over and they always fly in this V formation. You know, have you ever wondered why they don't just fly like that? Or, you know, they don't fly in a box or, you know, a circle. We, why do they fly in a V like that? Uh, maybe you've heard this before. The, 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 the geese that lead the way... They fly in that formation because they cause an updraft and an uplift for the geese that come behind them. Uh, People who study this tell us that there's a 70% greater flying range when they fly in that formation than if each goose just flew on their own. So have you ever wondered, though, when they're flying over, sometimes it's so loud, you can barely, like if you're on the cell phone, you, you, you like black out for a minute, you can't even hear who you're talking to because they're honking, honk, honk, honk. You hear the geese honk, 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 honk. And you wonder, why are they so loud? Why do they need to make all that noise? Well, it's because the geese flying in the V formation honk to encourage the ones that are up front that are, doing, uh, that are kind of doing the heavy lifting. And their honking's not like, hey, you're not flying right. Honk, 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 turn left here, honk. Not a backseat driver. Maybe you got a backseat driver in your family. You can't say it because they're with you. I understand. Not a backseat driver. But they're not criticizing, they're not complaining, but what they're simply doing in goose talk is they're saying, yay, we're all better off because of you. Keep going, keep going, because we're all flying further and faster, and we're not getting as tired because of you. I can remember the first time that God used me in a spiritual gift. I was 16 years old, and I didn't know anything about spiritual gifts. And I didn't know anything about, I didn't know much about, I knew, I knew basics of Christianity, but I didn't know much about like a spiritual life, a live spiritual life and what all that meant. And I was scared out of my brain, if I had to tell you the truth. And when the service was over, this little lady named Laverne Dickerson, I still remember her name, sweet, mild little lady, she walked over to me and she looked at me and she grabbed my hand and, and she gave me one of those looks like, ooh. She looked at me and she said, that was so good. And I thought, it was? And she said, God used you and he used you in such a powerful way and I just want you to know how proud of you that I am and I want you to know it when God wants to work that way, let him work that way. 
And she probably had no idea. I was sitting there wondering the whole time, was that the right thing or not? Did, should, I, should I do that? But she was able to calm my fears and give me confidence. And she was a huge encouragement to me. And that's what I'm saying. We all need someone to look in our life and say, hey, that's God's work. Hey, that's good. Because you and I don't objectively see everything God's doing in our life by ourselves. We need somebody who can encourage it. We need somebody who can lift us up. What do we do when, you know, God wants us to uh, lift other people up? We lift up our children. Our children need that. Our spouses need that. We lift up new believers. We lift up life group leaders. We lift up those who serve children in our church. We lift up those who are, who are teachers. We lift up leaders and pastors and those that we serve next to and maybe even the cashier at the grocery store. We need to lift those others up. And when we do, we generally hear something like this. Thank you. Now why? Why would somebody say thank you? Because you just strengthened them. You just lifted them up and they realized it. People with the lift gift just know how to see God's work on somebody else's life and affirm it and cheer them on. Can you imagine how strong you would be if you had someone in your life who could recognize God's work and just affirm it and say, that's good. You're doing the right thing. Man, that's, that's, that's what God wants you to do. I think that's right. I think, I think you're going the right way. Can you imagine how strengthening it would be if we all had someone in our life that did that? The people who are the most effective are the people, or the most effective at that are the people who know you. You're not likely going to have that kind of encouragement from a stranger. That is why we encourage everyone at Kingwood to be a part of a life group or a ministry team because only then can you get close enough to someone else that they can know you well enough that they can look in your life and say, Yes, that's it. You're going the right way. God's, God's working in your life. And it's the best way for you to get close enough to someone to be that lifter that they need. Every now and then I, I, I bump into somebody. I, I don't mean recently. This has happened my entire adult life. Every now and then I bump into somebody that, that hasn't uh, been to a church service in months, sometimes a few years. I've, I've lived in four states. I've been a part of a ministry team in five churches and, and everywhere I've been, this has always happened. I bump into them and, you know, how are you doing? Glad to see you. And you, you do the, those, the greeting. And, and then when I walk away, if I could take every person that I've ever ran into in 25 years and categorize them by what's the, what's the one element, the one common denominator that they would have alike, I would say it would be discouraged. I would, look, not everybody, but most of them are discouraged. Their separation from the body of Christ has caused a discouragement or discouragement has caused a separation from the body of Christ. I don't know which. Hebrews chapter 3.13, let me read it again though. 
But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It just makes me wonder what might have happened had those people had a little bit more encouragement. Wonder, wonder what would have happened. Encouragement is spiritual. And it is critical and it is important. We need to receive it and we need to give it. So, encouragers affirm what is right. Here's the second thing. Encouragers also challenge what is wrong. Encouragement's not just a pat on the back. It's, it's a spiritual gift. <laughs> and it's given to the church to strengthen it. And strength comes through giving someone what they need, not just affirming everything they do. Uh, the spiritual gift of encouragement is not happy talk. It's not positive, positive. There's sort of a mantra in our world today, as long as it's positive, everything positive. You can't strengthen someone just by only dealing with positive things because everything's not positive. An encourager has the courage, encourager has the courage to stand in on some things that are not right. So they're not just speaking happy words. In Acts 15, 1 and 2, I want to show you another place that Barnabas, this son of encouragement, shows up in the Bible that you might not have thought he would be in since he's the son of encouragement. Certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching believers. Remember this whole, remember this whole revival? This, all these people were coming to Christ and God's grace was on them and they were finding salvation at Antioch. Well, this incredible work of God was happening there. And so Barnabas was there. But as time went by, these other Christians came to Antioch and started, started uh, confusing everybody. And they said, unless you're circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you can't be saved. You can't be a Christian. We're not going to let you in unless you follow all the Jewish laws. That's what they're saying. Uh, so this brought Paul and Barnabas, the son of encouragement, into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas, now Paul I can see doing this, Barnabas not so much. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. Encouragers are courageous people who will withstand criticism if it adds strength. So Barnabas was willing to challenge those Christians who were teaching harmful things because it would weaken the faith and it would weaken their relationship with God if somebody didn't say something. So these Jews had come to Antioch, and they had discouraged all the non-Jews. You can't be part of this Jesus thing unless you fulfill all the law. And so Paul and Barnabas stood against that. They went to Jerusalem to try to get a final answer on what was going on. They challenged what was wrong. Now, the truth is very important to an encourager. An encourager is not just throwing out false platitudes. An encourager is anchored in the truth. So not allowing non-Jews in the, in the Christian faith would have wrecked the Christian faith. How many of you this morning are not Jewish? Just put your hand up and leave it up. You're all gone. <laughs> Nobody's in. <laughs> Can you imagine what that would have done to the Christian faith? Do you see how important it was that somebody was in the middle of that and had the gift of encouragement to say... We're not going to do this. And even if it's a little uncomfortable, when a Christian sees a friend doing something wrong and they're able to speak in your life 
privately in love. That's called encouragement. I remember when I was a youth pastor, uh, me and a bunch of my youth pastor buddies would go over and pray every week for a few minutes, and then we would go to the high school and we'd eat lunch with students. And, and one day I was in the hallway, uh, and lunch periods were changing, and the hall was just jammed. And a student at the school uh, just interacted with me in an, in an inappropriate way. And so I thought, hey, I, I, don't, I don't want anything to come of this that doesn't need to. So I went back and told my youth pastor buddies, hey guys, this is going on. I just need you to know what's going on. Here's the deal. And so uh, one of them said to me, hey, you know, what might be a good idea is let's just make sure when we're on campus that we're all in the cafeteria and, and we're, we're not coming between so, because we don't want the school to ever question what we're doing here and then maybe we can't come back anymore. And so what he was saying to me is, hey, let's don't get caught in the hallway so that anything like that is possible to happen. And, and uh, look, you know, I said, wait, wait, wait what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? It wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. And my first response was a little defensive. I was thinking, you're Methodist. How do you know? <laughs> I'm joking. Just a Methodist. What do you... And, and, the, and fortunately, my mouth was not ahead of my brain that day. And I let myself key down a little bit, and I went, you know what, he's right. Like he's 100% right. Why would I want to jeopardize what all these youth pastors are doing to this campus from the Assembly of God Church and from the Baptist Church and the other Baptist Church and the Methodist Church and the Church of God and the other? Why would I want to jeopardize that by this silly as something and just being stuck in the hallway? That kind of stuff is not going to happen in the cafeteria. Why don't I just stay there and protect us all? And I thought, you know what? I think he's right. Can I tell you something? That Christian friend, I'll tell you what that's called. It's called encouragement. Because there was a way to protect us, and he pointed out. Now, if you can't remember the last time someone pointed out something to you that, that is maybe a little uncomfortable in your life in an encouraging way, it either means that you are not open to it, or it means you haven't allowed anybody close enough to you to do it. That's the only two things it could mean because every one of us have something in our life that's out of order and we need somebody to say, hey, can I encourage you? Can I encourage you on this? And that's what Barnabas did. Encouragers affirm what's right. Encouragers challenge what's wrong. And here's the last one. Encouragers are contagious. Now, you're most likely to encourage someone just after you've been encouraged. You ever have anybody encourage you, it, it, like, unexpectedly, spontaneously, and it just makes you feel so good, it lifts you up, and all you want to do is go encourage somebody? <laughs> you know, you're just, like, looking around saying, man, that's awesome. I want, to, I, want to, I want to do for someone else what they just did for me. It's encouraging. And, and that's how encouragement works. It's contagious. If you get around an encourager, you'll find yourself wanting to be more encouraging, which is the whole point of the encouragement gift, is to be an example to the rest of us. Proverbs 27, 17 says it like this, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Years and years ago, in a mental institution, just outside Boston, 
there was a young girl named Annie. And uh, Annie had huge problems. And in those days, they did not know how to treat her. And so, unfortunately, they, they mistreated her. They locked her in the basement of the hospital in, in a... We were, it's not really a dungeon, but it was dungeon-like. There wasn't much light. There wasn't much um, encouragement. There wasn't many things uh, there that were positive. And she had a little for lack of better terms, cage. And she would, she would just uh, uh, sort of violently go back and forth between, you know, outburst and outrage and all of this. And then she would swing to being cold and distant and wouldn't interact with anybody. And so there was an elderly nurse there at the hospital who was not far away from retirement. And she decided one day she's going to go have her lunch by Annie's cage. So she sat there and she ate, just sat and ate her lunch by the cage. And nothing happened. She ignored her. She froze her out. She didn't talk. You know, Annie didn't respond anyway. And so she decided she'd do it again. And then uh, on her way out, she just slipped a couple cookies under the door uh, to see what would happen and nothing. She came back the next day and the cookies were gone. So she decided every day when I go and eat lunch and see Annie, I'm going to slide cookies under the little cage door. And so she did. And over time, Annie began to respond and to make progress. She made so much progress that they, the doctors decided they could move her out of the basement and move her upstairs to a room. And they did. And she responded fabulously. And she kept responding so well that the doctor one day said, she can go. She doesn't have to stay here anymore. She's well enough. She's functional enough. She can leave the hospital and, and live her own life. Annie had been so touched, though, she didn't want to leave. So Annie stayed. This is a true story. She stayed and worked at the hospital and worked to encourage and help treat other people who had similar issues. And uh, eventually, Annie, uh, who was known as uh, Ann Sullivan, you may have heard of her, came to live with Helen Keller in Alabama. Now, if you've heard of Helen Keller, you may know this part of the story. Helen Keller was born a very normal uh, and healthy child, but this mysterious disease that attacked her body left her deaf and blind and helpless and hopeless, and Ann Sullivan was sent to live with Helen Keller in Alabama to, to help treat her. And she did. Uh, Ann Sullivan saw Helen Keller as God's child. She saw incredible value in her when everybody else saw nothing. And she loved her. She, she encouraged her. She corrected her. She strengthened her. She prayed. She pushed. She worked until one day the light came on in Helen Keller's mind. And Helen Keller has influenced millions of and millions of people. And Helen Keller says this, had it not been for Ann Sullivan, the name of Helen Keller would never have been known by anybody. Ann Sullivan was an encourager. But before she was an encourager, there's an elderly nurse who was on the verge of retirement whose name we don't even know who encouraged Ann Sullivan that encouraged Helen Keller, that encouraged 
millions of people, all who knew her and all who were inspired by her work. Encouragement is contagious. <laughs> That's the way it works. It spreads and spreads and spreads and adds strength. I want to leave you with this thought this morning, uh, and then we'll spend a few minutes in prayer. Encouragers encourage the rest of us to be encouraging. <laughs> Encouragers encourage the rest of us to be encouraging. And that is why encouragement is a spiritual gift. And that is why it is vital in the family of Jesus. So, how do you know if you have the lift gift? How do you know if you got it? That's the question. I want to I just walk through a few things, characteristics. And if you answer yes to some of them, you probably have it. So, so here it is. Here are the characteristics. Um, if you find yourself uh, complimenting people a lot, you, you, this is almost like you know you might be a redneck if. You might have the spiritual gift of encouragement. <laughs> Compliment people a lot. Go ahead to the next one. You're drawn to people who are discouraged. You know there are those people that walk in a room and there can be 50 people in the room, and they're going to magnetically find the one that's discouraged. And, and several other people are going to magnetically find them and run from them. But there are those people with the gift of encouragement that's going to go, they're going to feel drawn to that person. There's something drawing them. If, if you do that, you, you might have the gift. Go to the next one. You take up for people who are ignored or neglected. Like you feel this great passion about... Um, Standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves. You may have the spiritual gift. Go ahead. You care deeply about the spiritual growth of others. In other words, other people's progress in spiritual things is so, um, is so encouraging to you. That's when you are at a good spot uh, in your own life. All right? Uh, you feel a personal responsibility to make the church friendly. In other words, you're sitting here this morning and you saw someone walk in and you saw them walk out and you go, oh, I've never seen them before. I don't know where they came from. I don't know who they are. wonder what happened to them. Are they discouraged? Did nobody shake their hand? Did anybody greet them? Does anybody care? Right? You're the person that's stirred up about that. All right? You look for new people and introduce them to others. So you're going to find them. The only problem you had was is that person you saw was so far on the other side of the room you couldn't get over there before they left. But if you could have, you would have found them, you would have uh, introduced them to other people. All right, uh, next. You notice when people are missing at church and try to find out if they're okay. Hey, has anybody seen so-and-so? What happened to them? Where are they? What's going on? All right, next. You look for ways to help people get involved and feel included in church. Uh, very similar to the, to the other one. You, you're, you're, you're excited when people are connecting. All right, next. You cringe when you hear people criticize others. Like you just sit there and scroll Facebook and cry. <laughs> you know what I mean? You see the harmful and damaging things. Or if you're in a live situation and you hear someone just tearing somebody down, it just hurts your soul. That's probably because you have the spiritual gift of encouragement. All right, last one. Your greatest joy is giving someone else joy. Spiritual gift of encouragement. So, uh, for those of you who think you might have the gift, 
I want to I talk to you for a minute as we close. What should you do? If you've got the gift of encouragement, what should you do? Well, Scripture tells us in Romans 12 that you should use it. So let me give you a few thoughts this morning about how you could use it. Do you know what would be fabulous? Is if we had over 6,000 people come to Scrooge and those of you with the gift of encouragement were standing at the front door going, Hey, so glad you're here. I'm so glad you came tonight. That gift, man, if you're not on that team, you ought to be on that team. Because that's where that gift can be used. You don't even need training. All you need to do is just be pointed the direction of the door. Which way is the crowd coming from? You'll do it. The gift will rise. If you uh, have the gift of encouragement, serve on our, our greeter ministry. It's a great place every week, not just at Scrooge, every week. Maybe if you're, you have the gift and you're in a life group, or you're not, you can get in a life group and serve as a, care, a caregiver in the life group. Our connections ministry and live streams and first step and our, our lunch that we have every month is a fabulous place because you have a lot of new people that come through that stream in the church. And, and right there is a great spot for someone with the gift of encouragement to say, hey, we're so glad you're, you came and this is so cool what's happening and you're moving and you're connecting. Encouragement works there. Maybe you've heard of the ministry we have in our church called Grief Share. What an incredible ministry that just seeks to minister to people who've lost a loved one. Unbelievable ministry of kindness. If you have the gift of encouragement, you're not serving. That gift is needed. And that's a great place for it. Children's ministry has small groups all through our kids' ministry. Man, we need people with the gift of encouragement to serve in those ministries. You may not know this, but our church has a special needs ministry for, for children. What an incredible place for a person with the gift of encouragement to serve. Here's what I want you to do, though. I've got uh, my email address, and we're going we're gonna to put it on the screen. If any of those things you say, I've got the gift of encouragement, and uh, help me. Help me get started. All you, write that email address down, take a picture of it, send me an email and say, I heard what you said Sunday, I think I've got the gift of encouragement, it, I, I'm, help me, help me find a spot that that gift can be used in. Because I'm telling you, the body of Jesus needs the gift of encouragement at work. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you stand with me? And I want to I wanna have a, um, a moment with our with those of you how many of you think you have the it's, it, it doesn't matter if you're wrong God's not going to strike you with lightning or not okay if you get this wrong Jesus can work it out how many of you think you have the spiritual gift of encouragement how many think you have the gift think you have the gift okay would if you lifted your hand would you come right here and join me I want to pray with you I just want to pray with you would you come it's okay if you don't have it everybody in this room has a gift everybody what we're just talking about today is the gift of encouragement. Yeah. This is so encouraging to me. I can't tell you how encouraging it is to me that we have this many people with the gift of encouragement. That's awesome. And the balcony will wait for you. We'll encourage you to come down. See, that's what we do. 
this is really cool. Yeah, it's okay. Keep coming. Gift of encouragement. Larry, you got it. Come on, man. You're like the most encouraging human I ever met. Come on. You're born with it, I think. I don't know how that works, but you, you, you're, you're drowning in it. Okay. We really need you. We really need you. We need you because we need the strength that you bring to our church. And we need you because you're the best teachers we have on how we all can encourage people. Like you, we can see it in you better than we can see it in theory or in the air or, or whatever. When you do it, it's like showing us that part of Jesus' ministry. And when you encourage people, you, you, you encourage the rest of us to do it. And it helps us. So we need your encouragement and we need your example. So I, I, I encourage you to be an example. So everybody, take your phone and take a picture of these people. If you see one of them, do what they're doing, okay? Hey, I just want to pray with you today, okay? And um, I want to pray for you because your ministry is critical. And would you, these people are naturally just going to encourage everybody? Just as a symbol, would you kind of stretch your hand this way? And would you this morning, let's just pray for our encouragers. And Benny, would you come, anybody close by, just kind of come and put your hand on them. Haney, would you come and just sort of put your hand on them. And today's a day of blessing for them. Lord, I thank you today for gifting the body of Jesus with the gift of encouragement. The lift gift. These are the ones that you have given a special ability to lift us up. And we thank you for them. We celebrate them. We celebrate their gift. We celebrate the call you've put on their life. We celebrate their passion. And Lord, we pray today that you would lift them up to higher places. Lord, there are those standing in this group that have their own challenges and their own needs. And God, I ask you today to strengthen them, to encourage them, to minister life. God, that they would see that there is a place for their gift. And they stand in the same place of needing ministry that the rest of us do. So we wrap our arms around them. We encourage them. We strengthen them. We anchor them. And we lift them up in prayer. And we say, God, bless them. Put a blessing on their life today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hey, would you give a big hand to all our encouragers? <laughs> bless them. Just encourage them. Come on, let them hear you. I know it's hard because there's no encouragers out there, but come on. All the encouragers are up here. Now, y'all got to hug each other because that's what you're going to do.